Okay, everybody, this is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and this is the last podcast of the year, also known as the the session where Paul and Sarah um, go back and forth making fun of each other. Um, Sarah, do you Never. Wanna, Sarah, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody, and almost Happy New Year. Sarah's Sarah's busy eating Christmas cookies and and fake tacos. Um, it's true. They're not fake. They're Mexitalian tacos. <laughs> Mexitalian tacos. Just They're like, tacos with jardinera. Just like you can get on the streets of Mexico City with ground turkey in them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm just trying to... I should have said Guadalajara, right? Like Guadalajara is just like the best name for a Mexican town ever. Right. Um. When you think Mexico, what do you think of? Just out of curiosity. Um, margaritas. <laughs> okay. All right. That's probably what my wife thinks of as well. Margaritas and beaches. You know what I think of? What? Boxing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there you like, go. Like, a, you know, Mexican boxers kind of dominate the scene. Um, yeah. And I'm a pretty big boxing fan. I used to actually box when I was a kid, you know. You did? Yeah. The um, How old were you? Man, there was there was a there was a few um, there was a few things that I wanted to kind of talk about, and now you know we don't have a ton of trend sheets at this point, so it would have been a good time. Right. But um, so I used to uh, do Golden Gloves boxing when I was like eight and nine years old. Golden Gloves. And That's what it was called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Golden That's Gloves is like a big deal. It's amateur amateur boxing. People go from no. Golden Gloves to um, the Olympics, right? Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, it's like a real high-tier amateur. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was eight, you know, so it wasn't like a big deal. But um, I remember... I bet you were fast, though. The thing about little kids is they're, they're fast. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, they don't but have it, as much weight to move. Well, but you—they all swing wildly too, right? Um, and so that's like <laughs> that's the how funny, I fight. That's how the, the <laughs> how many how many okay. So now, how many fights have you been in in your life, Sarah? Zero. Okay, I, I I've been in a few fights. In fact, I have no. I have this scar underneath my eye. I have this scar on my cheek. Those are from fights. Yeah, Maybe. not real fights. Not for me. You're, you see, I think you're more dangerous and gangster than I am. I haven't been in a fight since since twelfth uh, grade, and I don't even know that the twelfth grade counts as a fight because it was kind of like a two hit fight. You know, he hit me and I hit the ground. You know, kind of thing. That story was that the one with me when your dad gave you the talk and stuff. Yeah, yeah, where my dad was. Yeah, that was that's a great story. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll give you the quick version. Um, okay. basically, you know, in high school, as a high school senior, I was only like 130 pounds. And so, um, I was new. One of the reasons why I got into two fights, I, I would, I would, I would think a lot of people would go, yeah, cause you talk too much. Um, but that's not actually it. Um, <laughs> it's because I was new. I went to a new school every single year after fifth grade. And so yeah. when you're the new guy at school, um, people test you, right? 
And so I learned like right from jump that the best thing that you could do, you know, I mean, in a very real way, because people talk about this in prison, um, but it is like prison, right? Like you walk up to like the biggest, baddest dude and, uh, you know, you, you throw hands and people are like, man, this dude's ready to throw hands, you know? Yeah. Like, and, uh, um, but, uh, you know, going into my senior year, like I said, I was a little bitty guy. Um, and there was this guy that was like a linebacker on the football team. You know, I mean, I might have some of the details a little bit wrong from his standpoint, but um, he's, he's a big dude. He was, he was twice my size easily, you know. Um, wow. And it was like some trumped up thing that he made in his head to pick on the new guy. And, um, um, you know, I remember... Uh, my best friend's sister, you know, told me, you know, we were actually, it was funny because we didn't get along. Um, but she was like, you know, I don't really like you, but I'm just going to tell you that this dude's going to be waiting at your car, you know, so you'd be better off not going. And I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? And so at that time I had, I had a thought process, you know? Do I go to my car or, you know, do I end up being like the school bitch? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh. Uh, and I mean, here I am, 130 pounds, you know, and the, the, the funniest uh. thing about it is, is that even though, you know, I've been taught to defend myself since I was really young, um, you know, you can't defend yourself against 220 pound, you know, no. guy when you're 130 pounds. And, uh, but, but the, the saddest part about it all is that, you know, if you think of the breakfast club, this is probably the best thing, right? So, um, the Anthony Michael Hall character, right? Mm-hmm. That was, I was probably a, a real good amalgamation of him and then Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Right. Aww. And so, um, oh man. And like, what's her name? Uh, what's the lady from the owner of the record store from Pretty in Pink? I don't remember. Oh goodness. She has the, um, she has the Southern accent. I mean, I had a crush on that lady forever. You know? Um, but anyway, so, so, it, you know, long story short, um, this dude, you know, beats the shit out of me. He was like kicking me in the head and stuff like this. And, um, and, uh, you know, he's like, Hey, you want me to stop? I'm like, of course I want you to stop. You know, I didn't, I didn't even throw a punch at him or anything like this. I mean, I've got my Benetton bag, you know? Oh my God, Benetton. (laughs) Everything was Benetton. Oh my God. I was, I was so, uh, I mean, you know, you just, you, I think in a lot of ways, um, kids nowadays find their niches more easily because of the internet, you know, it's, it's like a little bit, you know, it's cool to be nerdy. It's cool to be, you know, it's cool to be, um, you know, new wave or, you know, new wave would have been like, I guess the category that I would have fit in, you know, right. um, you know, Aww. and no Kid listening to Echo and the Bunny Men should be getting punched by a guy that's 225 pounds. Um, And so, uh, you know, my mom, uh, my stepmom at the time, uh, you know, 
I come home and, you know, I'm trying to hide from her the fact that, you know, I have a big gash in my face. Ugh. Um, and, uh, she, you know, eventually figures it out and, and I had to go to the hospital. Um, and so we ended up pressing charges against the guy, you know, um, because it was really my own, you know, it just, it, if there's a crime, that was a crime, you know, to have, you know, someone that size hit someone my size and yeah. you know don't get me wrong you know i don't remember antagonizing this guy one way or the other but i think just just being new you know what i mean i was i was mm-hmm. definitely going for out there you know what i mean 100 yeah. there wasn't a lot of you know i mean i lived in new orleans but there's a very different feeling from where i lived in new orleans to the French Quarter, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I was pretty insecure as a kid. You know, I had, I had, uh, you know, acne issues and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Was not uncommon for me to wear eyeliner. Was not uncommon for me to wear, wear foundation. I was very insecure about, yeah. you know, my looks and the way I felt and, and stuff like this. And so I was going for, you know, unique and and you know it was kind of the juxtaposition of of new wave and punk rock and if you were listening to leonard skinnard you know what i'm saying yeah maybe maybe you you know beat that little guy up you know i i just don't understand like what was in it for him um yeah but you know we did press charges at one point this is what sarah was referring to at one point um you know, the, the guy called me up and he's like, hey, look, you know, I apologize for for what I did, you know, but there, you know, this isn't my only infraction. And with this on my record, you know, I'm potentially going to go to jail for a little bit. And uh, um, so, you know, I mean, like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I wanted this guy to go to jail or not. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I went downstairs, talked to my dad about it. And my dad was like, man, you know, just get out my face. He's like, you know, if you're not going to stand up for yourself in that situation, you're never going to stand up for yourself, you know? And I was like, there was so many moments like that with my dad where I was like, but dad, he's going to go to jail, you know? Um, And uh, I don't know what happened to him, you know, after the fact. But, you know, that's, that's I, a tough position as a kid to have to think about weighing that. Yeah, out. because, I mean, you know, scars heal, you know, um, there had been a little bit of back and forth. I mean, you know, I had access to some thing. You know, one thing that I figured out in that whole thing was that big people who like to hit on people um or who, or who like to hit on little people, there's bigger people than them that like to hit on them, yeah. right? Yeah, um, for sure. And so yeah. so I wasn't, um, there was a certain amount of retribution that did end up happening um, oh, that wow. may or may not have had my involvement in it, right? Um, so nice. But, but you know, so, so at that time, um, but yeah, what my dad said was, yeah, like he's got to serve some consequences for that. And so, yeah. so ultimately, um, ultimately I just let, you know, it go and didn't drop the charges, but, uh, yeah, 
the uh, <laughs> Benetton. You know, that's so funny. It's just so funny because... Um, I used to love their perfume. Yeah, I don't know. The colors the, of Benetton. Oh, yeah. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, the... Um, I mean, I had, like, the jeans with all the flags of the oh. world on them, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, how I ended up, you know... I, you know, married with children, you know, I have no idea, you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, um, I, you know, I, I just think my high school experience was, was pretty interesting. It's funny though, cause I don't look at my high school's experience as being negative, you know, right. but moving from school to school each year was troublesome, you know, yeah. um, that did be really tough. Yeah. I mean, really as a parent, we think about that now with our kids, you know, like, yeah. and even in, in pretty much, you know, even we provide very pretty stable household environments, but still the thought of moving our children from school to school each year is kind of horrifying for us. Well, and think about, you know, my stepbrother, um, you know, committed suicide when he was 18. And, and how old were you? And I was probably maybe 24, 25. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just remember just how everything just comes at you so hard when you're a teenager, you know? Yeah. And then when you, look, yeah. when you look at the strength that you have later on, you know, you mm -hmm. realize that... Um, you know, you build towards that. And I absolutely, you know, I just think that, you know, for him, you know, it was, it was girl related, you know, um, mm -hmm. and just dealing with th that reje rejection. Um, you know, he did have access to a gun that he probably shouldn't have had access to. And, um, so sad. yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty brutal. And it was, it was brutal because, um, for a number of reasons, right? My, um, my, uh, it was a small town and the preacher was just trying to make sense of it. And he was trying to get out to the masses, you know, kind of similar to what I was saying, but he was doing it from a fire and brimstone, um, standpoint mm -hmm. and, uh -huh. and, you know, listening to this preacher, um, talking about my stepbrother sinning and stuff like this. Oh my gosh. Um, it was a real, you know, bad example of, you know, cause I mean, you, you know, I can look at it now on reflection and go, my guess is that guy's never been in that situation. And certainly he right. wouldn't, he probably didn't think that he was throwing the family under the bus when he was talking about that. But, but that's right. exactly what was happening. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of funny um, that not necessarily nutrition related, but but all of this is nutrition related, right? Right. I mean, absolutely. You know, yeah. a, a, a lot of the strength that you need to build to be comfortable with yourself. You know, like I said, I wasn't comfortable with myself as, as a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do all you know often wonder what you know, weightlifting early in my life, what, what that would have provided me in terms of self-esteem. Right. I was introduced to weightlifting when I was in seventh grade and it was, it was something that I enjoyed. Um, boxing, 
was not in my future. Um, I have <laughs> I have a history of concussions. Um, oh man! I actually still deal with what? A, yeah, I still deal with a little bit of concussion um, stuff um, to this day. You know, wow. um, where things can get a little foggy, but I had probably eight to ten concussions in the course of about three to four years. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, just weird. What were you doing? Like football weird, days? No, weird. Weird, fluky stuff. You know, one time I was, I was, um, I was near like this trash can, um, and it was, you know, it wasn't like it was just a barrel, right? And this was before school, and my friend kind of just taps me on the shoulder or something like that, and I lose my footing. I hit my head on the barrel, and then I hit my head on the ground um, oh, after gosh. hitting my head on the barrel. Um, and that was probably the worst of all of them. But ever since then, you know, I was not able to take, you know, um, certainly would have dealt oh, wow. with a little bit of concussion issues, right? Um, fighting, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, um, but I think it. Well, thank goodness you're not picking fights with anybody anymore. <laughs> well, at least, at least, at least I've learned to talk my way out of them now. You know, you start to realize that the ramifications of it, you know, can be a little, um, but yeah, I think at, at that time, the only thing I knew was, you know, just stand up for yourself and, yeah. and I mean, what was the worst thing that could happen? You get a concussion and go to the hospital, you know what I mean? Like, right. um, but, um. So anyway, uh, yeah, so let's get to Jared's question. We actually have Denise's okay. question. So Denise is saying, hey, quick question. Planning on switch to fat loss macros middle of January. Should your exercise change while in fat loss performance right now? Do Windler. Um, I think the big thing when, when you're moving to fat loss is to make sure that you don't allow your um, activity to go down. Because if you think about it, your... You're basing your deficits off of the amount of energy that you normally would put out, right? And so what ends up happening for a lot of people is they start to eat. Well, you know, with eat to perform, our deficits, we, we bring them down slowly rather than just mm -hmm. trying to, to, you know, go from, let's say, 2,600 to 1,200, right? That, that's That's <laughs> been shown a million times to not work. And so we walk people through that more casually trying to get as much result as possible um, with the least amount of interference. But the, the thing that you need to do in that instance is make sure that your steps are up, make sure that you're still doing certain amount of training. She is mentioning Windler. Um, I probably would move from pure strength training to more sets and reps with rest. And the reason yeah. being is that when you are um, doing something like Windler, um, you know, Windler 531, if people don't know, it's kind of a strength accumulation. Um, he does have another thing called Boring But Big. You know, if you're familiar with Boring But Big, you could move to that. We have a fat loss training template. But mm -hmm. it's, it's, all, um, it's all, you know, more sets and reps with rest. You're really trying to keep the muscle that 
you know, could potentially atrophy in a, in a cutting phase. So, um, so yeah, she's saying she does do boring, but big. Um, I would stick with that and just make sure that, you know, even, you know, a great example would be that, uh, what normally might take an hour might take an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes um, just to get into the strength volume or the same volume just because, you know, your, you know, your energy reserves aren't typically there, right? Right. And so something to think about. All right. So I've got Jared's trend sheet pulled up. Yeah. And he has a kind of a, a long... Thing with the holidays being over. Can we read that to you? Sure. Okay. So now the holidays are finally winding down. I can get back on schedule. I want to shake up my macros a bit for the new year, but stay on performance. I have a weightlifting meet at the end of January. The prep phase is much lower volume than normal, so lots of room for lifts. Um, he'll hit us up for a focused fat loss phase in February, but right now wants to tighten up a bit. Um, so Let's see. And when sleep is starting to get on track. When's his meet? The end of January. Okay. Gotcha. Sleep is starting to get on track. ZMA is helping. Doing five minutes of one, four, two breathing before bed. Um, he does in for fours, hold for 16s, exhale for 18s, repeat. Gotcha. Well, Jared is actually had a lot of really good results so far. Um, mm-hmm. you know, He's sent, one of our um, repeat offender rock stars. Yeah. And uh, even though, you know, weight loss has been in the neighborhood of, of 15, um, probably close to 15 pounds, um, that's usually not indicative of, of the actual result, right? Because you know, as you get a little bit smarter about, you know, what carbohydrates you need to eat, how many fats in place, protein in place, now all of a sudden we hold on to more muscle. And so um, that's something to keep in mind. Um, Denise does have a good follow-up question that I want to go into um, in just a second. But let me just take a look and see. It's hard for me to think that I'm going to want to change Jared's macros. Um, Also, you know, um, Jared's calories for high and medium days are over 3,000 and actually his low calories. You know, he's right now in a performance phase. Um, We'll move him to a fat loss phase after his meat going up to a meet, going up to a fitness competition, usually not the best time to cut. Um, So, you know, he's got a good amount of calories. Um, Obviously, around the holidays, things get a little bit, uh, you know, wacky. Um, And so kind of nailing some things down. Now, he's done a lot of really good things. And this is something that I highly recommend for, for virtually everyone. Um, if you're, you know, when I look at his sodium, his sodium's, you know, pretty high most days, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
he's at six thousand, fifty-five hundred, five thousand. Um could be something that that he could try to bring it into the three thousand range. You know, when you're active, sodium's not near as bad as most people think. But you know, getting into that six thousand fifty five hundred range, that's a bit much, right? Yeah. Um, I don't really see any need for changes. It does seem like when um, he's on the plan, uh, he gets a good result, right? Um, he was actually at his lowest weight on the 15th. And then like everyone else during the holidays, he's up, you know, four to five pounds. I mean, that's just normal. I mean, some people are, up, some people are up, you know, over, over 10 to 12 pounds, you know, depending right. the on the PRs. Yeah. The, the weight PRs. Weight PRs. <laughs> um, a lot of that sodium, a lot of that's going to be water retention, bloating, things like that. That's all normal. One of the biggest mistakes you can make, by the way, is to be up five pounds and then overreact to it. And, right. and now all of a sudden, you know, you went from drinking too much, eating too much salty food. You know, most people don't have a carbs problem or a fat problem. They have a carbs with fat problem, right? And right. so, you know, if you just jump back into the plan, you should be able to see your weight gets, you know, get back to similar ranges within a couple, you know, couple days, sometimes maybe even a week or two, you know, for some right. people. Um, and then if that doesn't happen, then we can look at just adjusting macros a little bit. One of the great things that you can do in that instance would be to lower, lower fat, you know, uh -huh. um, just a little bit because, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, keeping those fats up does hold um, onto some of the accumulation that will happen over the holidays. And so bringing fats down a little bit will kind of allow for that water release and stuff like that, that, that can end up being a little bit helpful. Because I think from a mentality standpoint, you know, we all like that, right? No, none of us like to be over whatever our magic number is. You know, my magic right. number is 175, you know. Um, you know, Jared's magic number would be different. Sarah's magic number would be different, right? Um, but I love everything that he's doing. He's seeing a good result. We definitely, we're getting a lot of signs, you know, because he's at similar weight. He's been at mm -hmm. the lowest version of those similar weights. Um, mm -hmm. That a good cutting cycle would make sense in February. By the way, yeah, he'll be set up really well for that. Yeah, see, I think a lot of people did this. Is the other thing too, that a lot of people need to think about going into the new year. You're all up a few pounds from Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a plan. Maybe you don't. Getting some semblance of a plan, you know, especially from somebody who does it for thousands of people, you know, is super super <laughs> helpful. Um, yeah. trying to go it alone, you know, is not going to be super helpful for a lot of people because, you know, right. I think there's this temptation with macro calculators online and, and, and mm -hmm. Fitbits and all this other type of stuff is just to go rogue. And I think a little bit of that is just people, um, expecting to fail, right? 
So, yeah. so like if you, if you joined a gym, right. And everybody starts to get to know you and stuff. And they're like, man, Paul shows up mm-hmm. on Tuesday and then you don't show up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know who was counting on you. Right. Right. Like right. that's the one thing that I've always liked about being part of gym culture is that people do count on you. And when you're sick, yeah. they, they send you a message. Hey, what's going on? I haven't seen you last couple of days. Yeah. You know, I've got a little cold. You know, I'll be back in there as soon as possible. Right. But if you're just trying to get numbers, right. And if you're just trying to Fitbit it and do more steps and stuff like that, at least acknowledge the fact that you're doing it because you feel like you're going to fail yet again. Right. Right. And you That's don't absolutely true. Yeah. And you don't want to put the expectations. That's you know, right. And when I look it's at accountability, it's, it's right. Accountability. And when I look at what we do for people, that's the biggest piece, you know? Yeah. Um, because everyone thinks that the numbers are, are magical. The numbers are not magical, right? It's the mm-hmm. habits and routines that you build. And then, you know, is there someone that you can reach out to when there's something that you, you know, everyone thinks, oh, everyone can point to, all the times that they've dieted in the past and why they failed and they never look at the system that they were using at the time as the reason right so let's say that let's say that I wrote a plan and for Sarah and that plan um, was Sarah if you eat 200 calories you know for the next month you'll lose X amount of weight and, oh my God. and, and now all of a sudden Sarah's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but okay. You know, you told me to do it. Well, within three days, you know, you're off the wagon, right? right. Did drinking my wine. Yeah. Did, my popcorn. did you fail or, or did the plan fail? I would argue that the plan failed there because it didn't set you up for a scenario that, that could potentially work for you. Right. Right. It wasn't realistic. Yeah. And I, I think that left to their own resources, people think to themselves, well, yeah, it would really suck, but, you know, I could eat 1,100 calories, right? Right. And they have no idea how to come out of that, you know, things right. of that nature. So Denise asked an interesting question, and Shane's actually asking a, an interesting question as well. Um, so Denise was asking how long we recommend for cutting cycles. And I would say it sort of depends on the individual, but there was a person that I, that I, that I set a plan up for today that would be an interesting person to talk about because um, they're a couple weeks into um, a cutting phase. They were doing great, and then the holidays hit, and now the weight's up two, three pounds, not too bad, right, compared to a lot of folks, you know. Um, <coughs> luckily, I've been sick. Right. So I haven't had the same problems that that other people have had because I haven't, yeah. you know, um, felt the need to, you know, eat. Um, you know, I don't drink. That helps me a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that but, helps you a lot because that hurts yeah, me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it hurts a lot of people, you know, Um but um, but what Denise is saying, so so I'm I'm talk I'm communicating with this person, 
And she's a little disappointed because, you know, the holidays got away from her and, and her weight's a little bit up and she was in a cutting cycle, which is one of the reasons why we don't recommend you do a cutting cycle over the holidays, right? There's all these right. different little hurdles that most people don't think about that if we can mm -hmm. walk you through, like, like you're going to have hurdles in a cutting cycle. Don't right. make them up, right? You're like, yeah. don't, don't create hurdles for yourself. Um, right. and doing it around the holidays does that. And so what I did was I set a number for her that, you know, was not extreme by any stretch of the imagination. She's relatively lean person as it is. And, you know, right now I think she's, you know, she's anywhere from two to four weeks. I'm not completely sure, but getting to Denise's question, um, I gave her a number of a goal to hit. And uh, after about eight weeks, we're going to take her out of it. And I would say if you're in an eight-week cycle of cutting, um, you're really in probably about a 12 to 16 um, cycle of cutting. Because not only do you have the cut, but yeah. you have to reverse out of it, right? And so... And that's the most important part. By far. By far. No one fails at dieting because of the dieting. We all know we can starve ourselves for X amount of time. It's it's the right. it's the period when we're not dieting. Um, you know, and, and you're you're more insulin sensitive after coming off of severe restrictions, so you're more likely to store and and people yeah. either, you know, get like this really bad relationship with food, um, but don't realize that they've actually compromised a lot of things in their process. Their hormones are going to downregulate. They're not going to feel like working out near as much. Um, and and I, I always make the argument on a, a subconscious level <coughs> that, you know, when you're in a cutting cycle, you're more likely to rely on the numbers. Um, so if you're not feeling 100%, so let me give you an example. Let's say that you're in a cutting cycle and your calories are at, 1700 for a female um mm -hmm. and um no, are you using me specifically because i think you are <laughs> i am not the uh i just came out of that with the top of my head um but um but so let's say that your numbers are 1700 right so if we use the standard 500 calories you know, 500 calories basically equals 3,500 calories for a week, and then that's one pound down a week, right? And and if you want to lose 10 pounds, you go for 10 weeks, right? So good right. way to think about it. The problem is, is that if you're at 2,200 and you're using activity, right, um, to kind of get to a certain level, or if you're at 1,700, at 2200, you're much more likely. Brad made a great video talking about this that you're much more likely to have the energy to get to the gym. But more important than all of that is that you know you're wasting your time if you don't get to the gym that day. Right. Right. But you're more right. likely, if you're under eating, to go, I'm not feeling 100%, no gym for me, or I'll right. walk. Walking is fine. Steps are good. No question. But when I see somebody doing mostly cardio and under eating at the same time, typically what you see is a fair amount of atrophy, you know, yeah. over a while. And then they become like, you know, loose skin um, uh -huh. and, and they lose 
you know, a fair amount of muscle. Now it's, you know, it takes time to do that, but if you can start off where you're holding on to muscle, that would be a good thing. So let me give you the other argument, Denise. So the other argument is my wife, right? And I use my wife as an example because she's my female alternative. <laughs> um, yes. and, and my safe place that I can talk to women about the things that we do. Um, but my wife does not like long cutting cycles, right? So what she'll do is she will up her workouts um, and she will get a little bit more aggressive and typically for her cutting cycles, we go for about three to four weeks. And um, her last... Yeah, that's, that's the thing I like too. Yeah, her last cutting cycle went for about four weeks and, and she ended up losing 10 pounds. And what, what I liked about it most was is she really focused on the exercise piece. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is she really made... Uh, body weight movements a priority when she couldn't get to the gym. She made sure mm -hmm. she was doing barbell training, so she's holding on to muscle and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, it it sort of depends on who you are. You know, we will tend to start you off slowly um, just to kind of feel for where you yeah. are at. Um, <clears throat> but if you're like Jared, as an example who's done a great job, you know, maintaining and, and, and doing performance while still seeing results. Um, yeah. <clears throat> if Jared said to me, Hey Paul, you know, I know it's going to hurt, but for three to four weeks, I'd like to get <clears throat> pretty aggressive. Um, I, I, I tend to like that approach for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so Denise is saying that she would probably like that, that, approach as well so what i would suggest to you denise is when you request your macros that you bring that up in the conversation yeah. so shane's saying wants to lose 20 pounds um he's around 205 510 42 years old fairly good shape at no diet in place but to be consistent in the gym with a mix of p90x um some crossfit um what do you recommend well i think that you know if you're uh, struggling with weight loss, fat loss, right? There's a high correlation between weight loss and fat loss. You're, right. you're um, 5'10". I'm 5'8", 5'9", depending on which doctor scale I'm going to. But we'll, we'll, go, with, we'll go with 5'8". Um, Brad and I, Dr. Brad and I had somebody who was 5'8 and a half this morning on our coaching call. Yeah, like like when you're a guy, <laughs> that, that half matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really like, so, so Shane probably isn't familiar with my history, but basically I lost about 100 pounds over two years, right? I'm not a big fan of I need to lose 20 pounds because you don't need right. to lose 20 pounds, right? You There's some combination of muscle and fat that will help you. Now, going from at 5'10", going from, uh, he said, okay, 5'10 and a half, but going, <laughs> going from um, 205 to 185 may or may not be hard, um, but if you're not doing a great job with protein, maybe you're not aware of carbohydrates 
maybe you're you're having more fats than you know. Once you start to kind of put these things on paper, you know, when we have specifics for people, then we can kind of guide them in a direction that they want to go. I think a lot of people <coughs> this time of year, I'm sorry for all the coughing, you guys. I'm still getting over it. I know. It. You know what's so funny? Every time you cough, I drink my water. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so annoying because I went so long without being sick, and and you know this has just sort of hit me. But for Shane, I think the big thing would be to start to get specific, start to track your food. You know, I mean, eat to form. You know, to to kind of the intro rate that we have is twenty nine ninety five. You know, um, you have PhD level support, fifty one coaches. Yeah. Know, challenges, all these different things. I do think that, you know, a little bit of what I talked about earlier, you know, there's some people that when you talk about a supportive community, you know, um, that's really intriguing to them. And then there's mm -hmm. other people that go, you know, I kind of like to do it on my own because, you know, there's less accountability there, you know. Right. Um, but... I want to talk like hiding in the closet eating chocolate. Yeah, well, may, maybe I, I think a lot of people don't do that. I think a lot of people just get caught up in, you know, eating overly clean, right? Um, yes. And and I and I do see a transition where people are going from clean eating, which was the predominant theme when we started, right. to moving towards macros. The problem now with macros is that people are doing macros with some guidance, without guidance or, or yeah. um, you know, they're getting them in a back alley on Instagram or something like this from a guy. And, you know, the guy's basically just giving you 1,100 calories like you would have done right. if you'd have just gone to MyFitnessPal anyway, um, setting up these unrealistic things more often than not, not moving you out of, in and out of phases. But... A great example for Shane would be, what if you could gain five pounds of muscle and lose 15 pounds of fat? It's the same math, right? Mm -hmm. And that is entirely possible when you're eating the right things at the right time. And um, what I would suggest is to start logging your food, you know, and I would highly suggest that you, you know, if you're not a member that you join. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I'd say there's some people that this would be a great example of, of how we might prescribe it. Right. So he's at two Oh five right now. We get him into a, a regular plan. Let's say that he's overeating now, right? It's the holidays. Usually all of us have 10 pounds we can lose pretty easily on the holidays. So right. we get him in a little bit of a, a, a cut, nothing too extreme. We get him to 195. Then in the reverse, you know, we slowly bring him down five more pounds. Now he's at 190. We body fat test, realize that he put on five pounds of muscle in that process, and boom, he's there, right? Um what I think happens for people, though, is rather than looking at it as at our approach, which is a little bit more sustainable, they look at it from the standpoint of, hey, 
I can lose 20 pounds, right? And you're right, you can. Right. We've all done it, you know? Um, I started at 185 um, when I started, you know, my dieting phases around 30 and ended up at 250 pounds, you know, just 20 pounds at a time, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, every time I'd lose 20 pounds, I'd gain back 25, right? Um, yeah. So it's, it's that walking through, you know, you know, if you're not familiar with e form, if you're not familiar with the dashboards that we have, right now um, we have what we call trend sheets, and that's our dashboard where you're communicating with coaches. You can request a review. Um, you know, it's just a really brilliant system for communication. And then, uh, you know, we're a little delayed on our app, but we've, we've got an app coming out that I think is also going to be really super helpful I think for the longest time, and I see a lot of other companies struggling with this as well, what does an app do, right? Like, what does an app do? You know, right. If you're just starting off, you think, well, I need to build an app that's mostly a macros calculator, right? And, you know, it, is it a cutting cycle? Is it, a, you know, a muscle gain? You know, whatever it is. Um, and then you know, left to their own devices, you know, people often make the wrong choices. And, and it's those little bitty details where, you know, you can have influence over people that make the biggest differences, mm-hmm. you know, because what you'll often see when someone is, you know, you know, I, I'm just trying to, trying to use, I can use two, calorically similar meals, right? One that I make myself and one that I get from Chipotle, right? Right. And the one that I make for myself with the same sodium and all this other type of stuff lands me in a better spot than I would be with Chipotle. Why is that? You know, well... A lot of people would argue that not all calories are made the same, you know. Um, I would argue not all sodium calculations are made the same. I wrote an article about Chipotle a while ago, and, um, you know, I've written similar things. There's a certain amount of accountability with nutritional information. I'm not going to say it's all wrong, right? But... If you were a restaurant, would you give the absolute best macros, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the guy giving me the chicken out of the scooper, you know, um, <laughs> he's not overly precise, right? The the guy in the back, just like in a salt shaker, you know, over, yeah. over the rice, there isn't a, there isn't a, you know, it's not consistent, you know? Uh-huh. So now all of a sudden, I was, okay, so here's an interesting one. This is, I, I think people still struggle with this. I need to make a video about this. So you cook ground beef. You measure it on your scale, right, your food scale. And it measures out to six ounces. How much of ground beef did you eat, right? Right. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, it's you have to do the calculation because it's cooked. You have to do the calculation from raw. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So six ounces of chicken, or six ounces of chicken, six ounces of beef, you would estimate at what? Um, as how much protein? Yes. Or, well, it, well, I would do, I would multiply cooks, by like 1.1. Really? That's, that's yeah. interesting. It's not, that's not even close. Like, have you ever, have you ever cooked meat and then weighed it afterwards? Yeah, I don't. I don't like to weigh it when it's raw. Well, so I wait. I wait. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. So I, I'm sorry if I'm going to make fun of you here, but you don't have you to weigh. You don't have to weigh it when it's raw. It's in the package raw. I know, but I don't. Okay, fine. You get it from the butcher at 16 ounces, so you don't have okay, to weigh it fine. raw. But okay, but, fine. But ground beef, as an example, is roughly, you know, depending on the fat percentage uh, <coughs> that you're buying, is like nine ounces of protein. Yes. And so, so if you're recording it at six ounces, you might think that you're under eating protein when you're actually overeating protein. Yeah. Right? And if you're overeating protein, you know, what does that do? Well, that will hurt your hunger signaling. And so you're like, well, I just can't eat all those carbs. Well, I wouldn't be able to either. You're choking down all that chicken nonstop or that ground beef nonstop. You know, I think that that's that's probably one of the biggest thing with macros that almost no one does right. Right. Yeah. And all the old school people like everybody knows that bullshit. Everybody knows that. No. Uh-uh. Every time I post a video about that. You know, people are like, oh my God, you know, Marge, have you heard this? You know, mm-hmm. um, I just know that every time that I, every time I weigh my food cooked, whatever it is, I, it's always more protein. Yeah. Just, just oh. so you know, my wife asked me the same question every damn day, you know, <laughs> she does not. She 100% does. So she'll, <laughs> she'll say, okay, so, so four ounces of chicken is, is what? You know, and I'm like, it's six o- I'm like, it's six ounces. Six. Um, yeah. And she's like, so four ounce or six ounces of ground beef is what? I'm like, it's nine ounces. Um, but but she she's coming home today, which thank God. You know, I Aww. mean, I'm loving I'm loving I'm loving sleeping sideways. You know, I don't. <laughs> most people probably don't know this, but one of my favorite uh, things to do when my wife's out of town is sleeping sideways in the bed. You know, yeah. Um, and for you know, um, for some reason, you know, it just wouldn't be the same if we slept sideways, and she was also in the bed. It's like it's like owning the whole bed. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's territorial. You know, it's like it's like gangland type shit. You know. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's see. Uh, so Natalie is saying I've been on a partial weight loss macros for about a month. Been off and on with the macros because life happened in the holidays. We'd like to go back to strictly performance macros. How long will I have to stay at my current macros until they can be changed? You can change your macros today, right? Just request a review. Um, say you want to move to performance and then we'll move you um, gradually out of your, your deficit cycle. But yeah, you can do that today. You know, I'm assuming that you remember, but yeah, from what she's saying, it sounds like, you know, <laughs> Um, but 
But yeah, no, my wife will come home today. You know, she'll have some ground beef and she's like, so four ounces. How do I put that in my, I, I got to tell yeah. you. So I, I, you know, Sarah's testing the app. There's been a little bit of frustration because a lot of the, the staff um, within the It's back, hysterical to watch. It's so funny. Within I, the, I just laugh. Yeah, probably I'd say uh, in the testing, um, our designer or, or our developer is actually on holiday for the weekend. Right. And um, I'm listed as a member. So everything is working great for me. Um, <laughs> but all the rest of the staff is not listed as members. I Can think I just set this up for people a little bit? I know we're almost done. Yeah. But I just need to set this up because it's really funny. Um, and the back end, what you guys don't know is as we are, as staff, testing the app, there's one guy. We have one IT guy who's helping us coaches, 50 coaches, and that's Paul. <laughs> so Paul essentially is trying to technically walk all 50 of us coaches through one by one. Wait, my ID isn't working. Wait, it's not pulling my macros. So yeah, and what, really what it you know what's funny about it is is that when someone's not set up correctly as a member, right? Nothing works. Right. 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 That's mine. And so, That's me. yeah. And so, so some people are saying my request to review isn't working or my yeah, I'm trying to request a review every day. My Fitbit date is not working. It's like, well, yeah, because you know, when, when Ryan left, um, for holiday, he flipped a switch and 16 people got turned off, you know? Yeah. Um, so I set up everybody with their plans. You know, we were going to do a little bit of testing the funniest part about all this is, um, you know, I haven't really been logging all that much. I know you haven't really been logging all that much over the holidays. This got me logging again, you know. So that's, like, that's what I'm excited about. I'm like, I feel like we are like 50 kids at Christmas in the same family who just got this new toy. I know. I know. And, and want to play with it. And, I'm, and you know, I want to get you it in. You have to log to play with it. Yeah, I want to get it into the hands of everybody, but you know, when you have literally thousands of people in Eat to Perform, yeah. you know, there is a manual process in terms of setting people up. And I mean, yeah. you know, we can probably do, you know, 50 to 200 plans a day, um, mm -hmm. you know, if, if two to three people get in there and do them, because most, the plans are already set. They're already in trend right. sheets and stuff like this. Um, yeah. But it's, it's cool. kind of funny, though, because, like, everybody's looking at it like, oh, we have seven problems. No, we don't have seven problems. We have one problem, and that's your membership level, you know, isn't right. being recorded correctly. Um, With the coder, right. Yeah, but I know that, you know, a lot of people that have their trend sheets right now, the data import has been relatively unreliable. When they see the data import on this app, I mean, it's going to blow yes, them away. It's crazy. Yeah. And so, so it's all exciting. You know, I, I just want to get it, you know, the, you, you have, you have two problems, right? You have the problem of, of, I'd love to get it in everybody's hands so they can start testing it. 
Um, and then there's a lot of people, I'd say, I'd say there's 25% of people that love that kind of stuff, right? And if they have a little problem, no big deal. Then there's the other 75% that wanted to work <laughs> like, like Facebook works, right? Yeah. I mean, think about every time Facebook changes where your messenger icon is and everyone like freaks <laughs> out, you know? So yeah, like 2 billion people. Let's go burn down Mark Zuckerberg's house. You know, like, dude, he just oh changed where the messenger icon is. Chill out. You know? Oh, that's um, so true. So let's see. Sherry's saying, I'm new to you. Is there a website to see what you guys are even talking about? Um, I've heard of macronutrients, but never knew how to calculate them. Yeah, you know, um, our, um, we, we post a lot of stuff. Um, on the Eat Perform page at Facebook, but you can go to www.eatperform.com. Another great thing to do if you're kind of liking this conversation um, is to subscribe to our podcast, right? So you can go to iTunes, um, Eat to Perform. Um, in the health category, we've been as high as, you know, number five, you know, mostly based on um our members, you know, this is a great way for us to communicate with our members on mm-hmm. um, various thought processes they can use. And we'll often hear people say, you know, I listened to the podcast, you know, six months before um, I signed up. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are looking for, um, and this, we could probably end on this note, there's going to be a lot of people looking for something more sustainable and there is no question in my mind that there is no one doing what we're doing with our app um most people don't know what their app needs to do and so the development that we've taken over a year i mean you look at a year's worth of development and then four years previous to that, right? Or three years previous to that. Right. Um, it just, as a business, it's hard to kind of anticipate the needs. And when we look at the real needs, it's not macronutrients. It's not calories. It's, it's really a combination of a lot of life factors and habits combined with those things. And for a lot of people, you know, if let's say you're an emotional eater, you know, what's the root of that? You know, can we, Mm -hmm. can we, can we start to delve into that a little bit? And then, you know, maybe you're emotionally eating because you're under eating the rest of the time. So if you had a more consistent plan, you wouldn't be emotionally eating. Why are you emotionally eating? Maybe you're emotionally eating because you're hungry, right? Right. You know, I mean, if you go through something stressful, you know, and food is certainly comforting for a lot of people. I know it certainly is for me. Um, I mean, when I look at my life as a fit person, um, I don't feel deprived, you know? Um, and I think that that's the value of not looking at your issue as a calorie problem or at least a calories in problem. right? Right. Um, I think if you look at it as a calories out problem, you know, I mean, a great example would be during the holidays, it's hard to walk. It's hard to be out Mm -hmm. and about, right? 
And Mm -hmm. if you're not doing that, that would be the best place to start right off the bat. You know, Mm -hmm. just start to tighten up your food game a little bit. Maybe do a little bit more food prep. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. if there's any one thing that I would say was the best thing that I learned in 2016, it was from the book. I, I never remember the guy's name, um, but the author's name is Rocco, um, Extreme Ownership. Um, it's a book about you know Navy SEALs. You can literally look at this one thing and it will change your life in 2017. The one thing is discipline equals freedom. And when you think of it from this standpoint, if your car keys are in the same place all the time, you know where your damn car keys are, right? Mm-hmm. If you make food on Sundays, you know, you don't have to be running around on Tuesdays wondering what you're going to eat. You already have it made, you know? And so, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about, you know, eating mostly whole foods and, and stuff like this. I can make combinations of umpteen meals with just ground beef, chicken, white rice, and potatoes, right? right. Now, all of a sudden, you throw in a side salad, and you've got meals, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. nine ounces of ground beef, nine ounces of chicken, that's going to get you to your protein virtually every single right. day. You know? Yeah. And so... Um, you add in like little pieces to the mix, a little bit of snacking here and there, little understanding of what your body actually needs to want to get to the gym. You know, if you're going right. to the gym, that should be the other thing too, man. I mean, for 2017, like quit doing shit you don't like. Like, like just right. do that, yes. right? Just I do... just changed that for myself. Yeah. Yes. Like stop doing things that you don't like, you know? Yes. The... um. You know, I, I talk about sets and reps with rest a lot. I do sets and reps with rest, but I tend to do it every minute on the minute. I do it at, at the gym that I've been going to for the last, you know, seven years. Um, and and that's what works for me, you know. Um, some people can go to the gym and, and bang out curls and, you know, all that other stuff. That's just not me, you know. Right. Um, so whatever you do, love it. You know, it yes. could be bike riding, it could be hiking, it could be whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're coming from a place of, 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 you know, the 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 other thing that we talk about a lot is don't try to hate yourself lean, right? Right. Um, and if if you're doing things you don't like, if you're eating things you don't want, you're gonna quit. You know. Right. So don't do that anymore. There's an alternative, right? Um, and I'm saying that from the perspective of someone, you know, who lost a lot of weight. Sarah's saying that from the perspective of someone who's been fit most of her life, you know? I mean, don't you think a little bit of your story was that you were trying to stay unrealistically lean? Oh, yeah. And that now, as a fit person... Um, I mean, I see, like, when I see the old pictures of you, I mm-hmm. see a fuller face. Yeah. Right? Like, like, and I love that. You know, I think, <laughs> like, when you see, like, it's a joyful face. You yes, know? I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. 
Yeah. I feel like when you look back at those pictures too, you're just, for myself, I wasn't as happy as I am now. I just, I wasn't, I was at a different place in my life and it was less about accepting myself, you know, where I was and enjoying the things that I, I really enjoy that I'm doing now. Gotcha. All right. So happy new year, everyone. You want to wish everybody happy, happy new year. year. Any thoughts before we shut it down? Happy. No planning. Planning would be my big thing going into this new year. I'm a, I'm a drill sergeant about that. Make your, Write it down, make your detailed plan. The more detailed you make a plan for your day, whether it's your food, your macros, your training, if you have any diversions that come your way, you're still going to end up a lot closer to your goals if you make a plan. Yeah, because we're getting a lot of newer people asking, what's the one yep. thing that I can do start on tomorrow? Plan your, plan your food out for tomorrow. Not today. Yep. Don't worry about today. You'll figure right, out my today. Fitness pal. But plan so tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. My, my fitness pal, whatever food logger you're using, we don't care. Right? Yep. But, um, all right. I appreciate everybody being here. And uh, like I said, Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye now. Happy New Year.